Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another edition of the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. We did take a quick break away from last week, but the gang's all back. We've got the Dirty Bird repping the 772. We got John Michaels up there in the ATL. And we have a special guest today joining us, which is our man, our our guru, our recruiting man, Mr. Gabby. Is it Eurita? How do you say your last name, Gabby? Eurydia. Eurydia. Okay, so anyway, so... That's who we have tonight joining us on the show. We appreciate everybody. Appreciate everybody's time. So first and foremost, how's everybody doing tonight? Bert, I'll start with you. John Michaels following and Gabby, you top that off. How's everybody doing? I'm doing good. I'm just, you know, I'm just amazed that we have this pro and John Michaels on here who we're like, eh, is he going to pop on? You know, we'll say, we'll, we'll just, we'll just hit the show to, you know, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll just start it off. And then whenever he gets on, he'll, he'll hit it running. And the second we hit record, then he pops up and he's like, Ooh, cool. I'm ready to go, man. So. John, what's up with you, man? Dude, all is good here in the ATL. I mean, you know, it, we're getting close to college football season. I think it's 66 days till Miami kicks off as of wow. today. Um, I was looking at flights over the weekend. First of all, Delta, you got to be kidding me. $350 round trip from Atlanta to Fort Lauderdale. So I might be flying down on Spirit or Frontier or one of those cheap-ass airlines, but I'm going to be there regardless. <laughs> you got to do, bro. Dude, I got to get there. That's all there is to that. But, no, it's good. Uh, the wife cooked a late dinner. That's why I was late popping on. I'm shoving food in my mouth. Had to make me a Tito's and Red Bull. And, and we're ready to roll for two hours. We're with a legend. Gabby, dude, you do unbelievable work. For all of us out-of-towners and even in-towners that want to keep up with Miami, I just want to say praise to you, man. You do an awesome job with everything you do covering the Canes. Oh, man, thank you so much. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a great honor, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's my job. But, yeah, man, it's a – it's a lot of fun. I guess there's a lot of, a lot worse things I could be doing. So, I mean, I'm glad that, uh, I guess I'm doing a good enough job to, to impress you guys. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm happy to be on here. No, you actually do a great job. And, you know, and, and speaking of that, you know, tell me a little bit, Gabby, if you don't mind, tell me a little bit of how you got involved as far as, you know, with 24 seven and getting involved in recruiting and things like that, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, um, it's wild, man. Uh, I mean, really, I mean, I kind of have to, you know, really, I kind of owe all this to Andrew Ivins. I mean, I was working with State of the U, you know, just kind of grinding it out and, uh, you know, covering spring practices, covering the team. I mean, he obviously got a great opportunity to to get an elevated role with 247. I mean, he's a national analyst guy. I know he held down the Miami beat for a long time. Uh, got a, you know, he kind of tapped me to sort of be his successor. I don't know what he saw in me. We hadn't really had a lot of conversations before. I woke up to a direct message in February, like February, 2020 saying, Hey, what do you, what are your plans this summer? Uh, might have an opportunity for you. And uh, you know, he kind of took me under his wing and just uh, kind of showed me the ropes and, you know, I'm super grateful for him. Uh, David Lake, man. I mean, I just, I mean, he just kind of invested in me and invested in me and invested in me. And you know, these guys really, uh, I mean, I owe everything to them. I'm still learning. I'm still growing each and every day from both those guys. I mean, two just absolute pros in the profession. And, you know, I'm blessed to be able to work alongside some of those guys. So really just, you know, kind of opportunity met preparation, I guess, in a way. And, uh, you know, um, you know, just really 
got a got a just really a good break. You know, it's a tough industry to get into, and people always ask me like, how do I get in? And I mean, I ask myself the same question sometimes too, like how did this even happen? But uh, you know, I really just honestly just feel so super blessed to be in the position that I'm in now. Gabby, I'm pretty good friends with Rusty Mansell up here who, who mm-hmm. covers Georgia yeah. recruiting and, and is, is locked in all over the state of Georgia. I ask him, and I'll ask you the same thing for all the Miami fans out there, how do you get plugged in? How do you gain the trust of young kids? Yeah. You know, because I've got teenagers. I, you know, I know Cole's got some kids, and it becomes, it becomes really tough to gain trust when they get to 14 through 17. How do you gain that trust, get the information, but not really break it where they say, hey, we're not messing with this dude? Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I I think in a lot of ways, it's just being genuine, right? Like it's just, uh, you know, obviously I have a job to do and yeah, I'm going to ask you the questions and you know, I I am going to maybe dig on your recruitment and all that stuff. But I mean, I mean, we talk about other stuff too. You know, there's a lot of families, like, you know, I get to know the dad, you know, we end up just talking and, you know, I think it's about building genuine relationships where like, you know, uh, you know, with the coaches and all that stuff. And, you know, you can't be, you can't really build those with everyone, but I think, ultimately i think we've just established ourselves as, as people and you know kind of like proofs in the pudding we're not really here to to screw you over we're not kind of here to blow up every anything you have planned or anything like that really we just want to be the first to know and uh, you know we want to help you kind of you know explode that moment and kind of be there be the people that can you know help get your name out there i mean ultimately that's that's a, pro- a part of what we do too it's it's the exposure like we can provide you all those types of things and, you know, in, in certain ways. So, I mean, I think it's about just genuinely building relationships and kind of just being personable, right? Like you just got to be able to know people, be able to talk to people. And, you know, I think they kind of sense over time, like, you know, you see this kid once, you see him twice, you see him three times and, uh, you know, they kind of get to know you. They kind of get to recognize your face. They kind of know, okay, I've talked to him a few times and nothing's really gone wrong or anything like that. And I think they just kind of start to sense that, okay, like, you know, like this person's not going to do anything to, to harm me or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a process and there's a million different ways to answer that question, but with the kids, I mean, that's probably the best way I could slice it up. Just be, just be an honest, genuine person and just be a good dude and just like actually care about the actual person. So I guess in like a lot of things in life, it seems pretty similar to anything like that. Yeah. Facts. You know, it's crazy. You kind of grew up in Miami, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct, Gabby? Yeah. Born and raised. Yeah. So are you are you a, like a diehard? Have you always been like a diehard oh, Miami yeah. <laughs> a Miami fan? You know, and so obviously working, you know, side by side and being able to cover recruiting for the University of Miami does that make it a little extra special for you? Yeah, um, I mean, dude, I grew up a huge UM fan. I mean, my family to this day has season tickets. Like my like my wife's trying to go, my brother's trying to go to the games. If not, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing with my season tickets because I have them. But I mean, I'm always in the press box or whatever. So yeah, I mean, grew up a diehard Hurricanes fan all that stuff. And yeah, it's really cool in a lot of ways. In some ways it's kind of not died it down for me, but I've kind of had to learn how to separate the fanhood and like the job. And again, I say job, but you know, I mean, I love, I love everything I do. It doesn't, it never feels like a job, but when you start to kind of get to know the coaches and you see the players a lot of times and you kind of start to be around the kids and I mean, you kind of just realize these are just guys, right? I mean, these are just kids that are kind of trying to make it. I mean, these are just guys that are trying to put together a winning roster and, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I've lost like the fanhood of it. I still get mad when they lose. Like, I, I remember last year, Florida State. Not like John Michaels. No. no, man. No, probably not. But like the Florida State game last year. So we had like a dinner with like some of my wife's friends and stuff like that after I had to like, that, that, that Miami lost that game and I had to like get dressed and go to dinner. And I was just mad the entire time. Like, I still get mad when they lose and all that type of stuff. And I want the best for the program. But in a weird way, I have to kind of separate and kind of 
build that bridge between oh. it but i can't it's you can't really take it out of me man like i know i gotta be the gener- journalistic professional and all that but uh i mean i love me some canes football man i really really do dude that was my 47th birthday like literally <laughs> the 13th this past year my yeah. 47th birthday, and i had to do the same thing i'm throwing stuff in my basement i'm screaming there's a lot of obscenities <laughs> i was ready to go find manny diaz and throw him through a table and then my <laughs> wife goes babe we're taking the kids out to dinner Really? I gotta go to yeah. dinner now? And I'm just sitting oh. at dinner just steaming on my phone, like yeah. get this dude out of here. Uh yeah. talk about the difference. You know, Mario's obviously on the on the trail, hot and heavy. And I know we're gonna get into some of the guys that have committed, some of the guys that are coming up, but what's the difference between Mario and what you saw with Manny? I don't want you to badmouth Manny. Leave no, that I wouldn't. I'll do plenty of that for you. Uh <laughs> but, but what's the difference that happened where Mario has been able to come in and really hit the ground running? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just think in a lot of ways, Mario Cristobal is just like, I mean, I, I think like the easiest way to slice it is, I mean, he's just a big time head coach, right? Like, I think in college football, it needs to look a certain way. It needs to be a certain way. It needs to be structured a certain way, right? Um, you know, and in a lot of ways, like, you know, what Miami's done in terms of the buy-in from the, from the university top to bottom, I think that helps Mario too in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, Manny t- really didn't have that. I think Manny's a good, like, he's a good dude. Like, I think he's a nice guy. I, I'm not going to bash him. But, um, I mean, ma- what Mario Cristobal has done and is able to do is just next level. You know, there's just, like, tiers, right? Like, right. we love to rank things. We love to separate things. Like, oh, these are, like, the best of the best. These are like that, you know, they're good, not great. Like, Mario's just in a, is just in a tier two above it where it's just, like, I mean, Manny, Manny Diaz just didn't really have a chance to do what Mario Cristobal is going to be able to do because Mario Cristobal is just better. Like, he's just better. He's a more relentless recruiter. He completely buys into all of that. The way he builds the program, the way he kind of roster shapes and all that stuff, is just whole approach is just – it's just big-time college football. And there's no faking it. There's no way to just, like, act like you're doing it, but you're really not. Like, you either do it or you can't. And Mario Cristobal, I just believe that he can, and he just does it really well. You, you know, one thing that I looked at, and I think we had mentioned this, uh, you know, a couple of times on the show, and, and again, no disrespect to the previous staff, but at the end of the day, I looked like you know, Manny Diaz's staff it was almost like a G5 coaching staff at a Power 5 program. You know, they just, they weren't there to where when you look at Mario, Mario is that Power 5 program type of head coach. And you look at who he brings in, Coach Gaddis, Kevin Steele, Charlie Strong, a Jason Taylor, a Joseph Adai, like, he brings in guys who've been there before, who knows what it's going to take to make that program, you know, better and to turn the program around from where it has been. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I mean, what they've done with that staff is is insane, right? Like, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. You talk about a G5 staff on a, in a Power 5 program. I mean, I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, I think you can agree. I mean, I mean, I can agree. I mean, it just wasn't as big as it sort of, as it could have been, right? And again, I think that comes from the university too. And, you know, they did go out and they paid Rhett Lashley a lot of money to kind of get him as, as an OC. I think that was a sign of, again, but that's kind of like just like that half, like one foot in, one foot out. Okay, you're willing to play big money for an offensive line, uh, an offensive coordinator, but not really willing to do like much else. So, I mean, what they've done now is just kind of spectacular, in my opinion. Just like, again, just kind of like the desensitization of just like kind of seeing Charlie Strong around and, and Kevin Steele and Jason Taylor and like all these dudes, like, it's just wild what they've just sort of been able to build. And yeah, man, I mean, again, you talk about major college football. This is like one of those big time staffs. Yeah. So, I've been really impressed with, with just how, how approachable the entire staff is and how, yeah. just how good of guys those are. I mean, we've been at a couple of events and, you know, 
like crystal balls walking up to us. Hey, how's it going guys? How, you know, how you doing? Need y'all out there this year. So um, just been really impressed with just, just how approachable those guys have been. Yeah. I, I, I mean, me too. Right. I feel like <laughs> when, when they first came in, it was honestly, it was just kind of like, Oh, Mario Cristal is going to lock the gates. and all that stuff. I mean, I feel like the staff has been awesome. I mean, they've been awesome to like, kind of work with on my end also too you know like i think there's just a bunch of like genuinely great dudes that really just love miami hurricanes football right like they really really want to get this thing rolling and uh you know i think uh i mean again I, it's awesome man i mean alex mirabal i mean i think that's just what he's been able to do in his short time here has just been awesome and i mean jamal i mean demarcus van dyke still kind of here you know kind of took a back seat really as a former cornerbacks coach on the field role to staying in an as an off-field analyst to you know make sure that this program's right there's just a lot of people in the building that just really love the university of miami and uh, guys that probably could have taken opportunities elsewhere but kind of stuck around to you know just kind of be in this see this see this thing through and just be a part of what it could be i mean there's just there's so much you know hope and faith and you know just kind of buy in top to bottom in that program so uh, I mean, that's huge. You know, one thing, and I want to just piggyback off of that, you know, DVD, Coach Rump, Coach Field, you know, there's guys out there that uh, obviously that means stuff. But then you bring people like a Roland Smith back to the program. You know, those are guys that are actually going to be genuine to help you build in those relationships. And obviously, you're talking about high school relationships. DVD, I think, has great relationships with a lot of, the, you know, the high school coaches. Roland Smith being at Central for all those years, being a former Hurricane, like – that is valuable for Mario and for the University of Miami, you know, to get into back into those schools in order to continue to build those relationships that were once damaged by previous head coaches at the University of Miami. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, getting Roland Smith back in the program is huge. Um, you know, he just did such an awesome job, man. I just, and what he did at Central, I mean, he's kind of like the high school football, like high school director of relate, high school director of relations, something like that. I don't know, I don't know what the title is, but I mean, I mean, any high school coach in South Florida walks into the University of Miami and they shake Roland Smith's hand. I mean, that that matters, I think. And again, when it comes to kind of mending some relationships, not saying that there were a bunch of really bad ones or that they really did things like that. I think that um, I just think that it's a part like what just kind of having Roland there, I think, is just a really, really big deal. And again, you mentioned Jason Taylor, like at St. Thomas Aquinas, that's a school that you kind of want to recruit from. Right. Like that's a school that you want to win recruiting battles in. So. Um, you know, I think getting all these types of all these guys on board is a, is a really, really big deal. You know, what was wild to me as well was, you know, we were down at Legends Camp, right? And you look at all these people that the university has brought in, right? All these different roles. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is two, three times what we had before. But you look at that that Legends Camp and like all those guys were working. You had I think it was 12 guys that were in on OVs and the whole recruiting team was working. I mean, you know, that's what it's going to take to 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 win in, in college football going forward. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how, how the summer recruiting calendar has kind of shifted where, like, a few years ago, it was like, like people are like, oh, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, uh, Jalen Carter, all, all, I mean, <laughs> Elijah Moore, like, Alex Leather. I mean, the list just goes on and on of all the guys that used to work out at Legends Camp back in the day. And it's just like the recruiting calendar has changed so much to the point where, like, these kids are all taking summer official visits. Like these guys aren't, uh, these guys aren't around to participate. And the big time guys that are around to sort of compete in this legends camp are all like what you mentioned are on official visits, 12 official visitors. I mean, it's just an, and it was just an absolutely star studded list that probably could have been even better too. If Nicholas Harbor didn't have a track meet, because wow. I mean, if he didn't, if he didn't have that junior Olympic track meet, I mean, he would have been my at Miami too for, for an official visit also. So, um, I mean, 
it, it's it's just absolutely crazy just like what they've been able to do the amount of talent that they're getting on campus i mean from my perspective is just wild i think this past official visit weekend what they're just like the the star power all that type of stuff i mean it's 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 big time i mean you talk about some of the other schools like in, on, at the top of the college football picture i mean miami's kind of right there with them when it comes to like actually getting these kids on campus Let's talk about the big domino that falls during the week. Jaden Rashada, obviously the commit comes. Five-star. I'm going to call him a five-star. I know he's right on that <laughs> board for a five-star. Yeah. I think he'll get a fifth-star when he gets into the season. What does he bring moving forward as far as other pieces wanting to now play because you've got a future quarterback in place? I mean, I think it's a really big deal. I mean, I was, when I talked to Nathaniel Joseph on Sunday after that official visit and kind of getting those, collecting those quotes for, you know, when he eventually committed – um, I mean, I asked him, like, you know, just what do you, like, how much does Jaden Rashada, like, kind of factor into all this? Like, what do you think about him just having a quarterback like that? And when you ask any of these pass catchers, I mean, it's 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 a huge deal, right? The the best players want to play with the best players. And, I mean, I think, I don't think you're off calling Jaden Rashada five-star. I mean, right now at 247, we haven't dished out all the five-stars for the class. We'll have 32 at the end of the cycle. Jaden Rashada's ranked number 29 right now, so he falls into that five-star range and uh you know when you can get a big time arm like that guys tend to follow i mean you guys are gonna see i mean if if what if what happens over the next seven days ends up being what i think is gonna happen over the next seven days um you know i I, it's gonna get it's gonna get kind of crazy and Jaden rashada was definitely the domino that's kind of that kind of set all this off when when you say what could happen, are, are you at liberty to give a prediction <laughs> of what's going to happen? Because you know people want to know. We we know uh, the kid Stafford's supposed to make a commitment tomorrow around six o'clock. You have the uh-huh. big offensive lineman. I can't say his last name, Francis. I know it's his first name. <laughs> yeah. Malagoa. Yeah, he's going to commit on uh, July fourth. Uh, you have the other big offensive tackle, the 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 number three guy. Can you see some of those guys, Jalen Brown as well, being guys that commit to Miami? I mean, I, I, I could see it, honestly. I mean, you, like some of the names you rattled off there, like, you know, Robert Stafford's a guy that, you know, me and Andrew Ivins, we kind of went in with a with a crystal ball earlier today uh, for, for Miami to land him. I mean, I talked to him last Wednesday after that official visit. And, like, I mean, I told our subscribers on the board, I mean, I was just like, look, I mean, I feel really good about Miami here. Like, there's just a certain thing that you just kind of sense with some kids that's just like, yeah, I really think that this kid's kind of like just a hurricane. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like – a weird kind of sense I kind of got with Robert Stafford that, uh, you know, and I think that I, I think Miami's in a really good spot there. Kind of had to battle through that uh, Arkansas official visit over the weekend, but I'm like where Miami is there. Francis Malagoa, I don't know, man. I got an inkling. I'm not saying that I'm not here to break any news or, you know, shatter any ceilings or anything like that, but I think Miami's in a really good spot there. Samson Lola, the other tackle you were kind of referring to, yeah, I mean, he kind of told me it's possible he makes a summer commitment, and if he if he goes through with that, I mean, Miami was the last school he saw. So who's to say that the Hurricanes haven't done enough there? I mean, I know Alex Mirabal's just been absolutely crushing that recruitment, and Jalen Brown. Uh, I mean, got back. Oh, did I? You guys? Nope, you're still there. Um, got back from that Michigan official visit and went straight to work on Sunday, and. Now we might have lost you. <laughs> I think Let's they want see. to see things through, but, you know, I kind of like where Miami's at with Jalen Brown, too. I always kind of have, and, uh, you know, I, I still think that they have a pretty good shot. One thing that I find interesting the last this, this, this recruiting cycle is at least Miami is making top fours, top fives for a lot of guys, where yeah. in previous years, Miami wasn't even in the mix. You know, and, and what I liked about Jaden Rashada and his commitment was, 
There was no gimmicks. There was no hat tricks. It's, hey, here's my hat. This is where I'm going. And not only with Jaden Rashada, you know, again, one of the Elite 11 finalists, but Emery Williams as well, who's another Elite 11, you know, finalist up there. You know, Miami is just building depth upon depth upon depth. And that's what I like to see now, at least the quarterback competition. Now, again, a lot of people think, hey, if TVD has a great year, TVD's gone. Yeah. You got Jake Garcia as the heir apparent. But then what do you do? You got a Ja'Curry Brown who just came in. You're going to have a Jaden Rashada. You're going to have an Emory Williams. Do you think, in your personal opinion, that those those couple guys stick, or do you see somebody potentially hitting the transfer portal? Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like that's kind of like the talk of the town now, right? Like, what are they going to do with this whole quarterback situation? I mean, my take on that is just, I mean, you just got to stack talent in college football, right? Like, yeah, I mean, that that's just really the name of the game. I mean, you kind of look at even some of the quarterbacks that have, you know, made a name for themselves or, you know, have ended up being pretty big time. I mean, a lot of these guys have transferred and found second second homes and those types of things. I mean, the, the bust rate on quarterbacks is honestly kind of, alarming so i think you just always got to kind of take an arm there and i mean really you, the dust has to settle right i mean these guys got to go out there they got to compete and i mean whoever wins it wins it right and whatever happens after that it's kind of out of your out of your control but i think that's why they say every year you got to go get a quarterback you got to go get one of these guys because you don't know what's going to happen you don't know what's going to happen with the guy before i mean we talk about like a jakari brown i mean i think he has as high as a ceiling as anyone right he's six foot four 220 pounds and you know i think he can get up there 225 ish and if he does and he develops as a passer, he might be better than a lot of these guys. You know, I feel like he's kind of the one that gets kind of written off here. But if he puts it all together, I mean, he played high classification Georgia football and led his team to like a state final four and to a state championship, you know, runner up appearance. So like state title game as a sophomore, played four years, started three full years. I mean, this guy's played a lot of big time football. Jade Rashada is just an absolute gunslinger. People at Miami absolutely love Emory Williams. Like, this is a guy that they really, really like. I mean, th these guys are just going to have to go and just kind of battle it out. I mean, they have to compete. They're going to have to go kind of get at each other's necks. And, yeah, are, do I expect to see all four or five of these guys on the roster in 2024, 2025? Maybe not. But um, if you find one or two of them that you feel really good about, your program's in good position. So, you know, Miami got Jaden Rashada this cycle, 2024. Go get another guy. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta follow him up with another big arm. You can't just say we got two we like. We got, we we can kind of settle it up there. Got to keep it rolling. Yeah. Now you guys are listening to the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio, chopping it up with Gabby from 24/7 Sports. Um, Gabby, just uh, just a little sidetrack thing. Tell me a little bit about you. Obviously, you're married. Uh, yeah. You know, getting ready to be a father for the first time. Tell me a little Congrats. bit about how how that's going. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going great, man. Uh, you know, definitely happily married. Uh, you know, my wife's over here. I'm gonna flash her on the screen. <laughs> she, she doesn't. She, she doesn't like that I did that. Um, but you know, yeah, we're expecting our first baby. We're having a baby girl. Um, you know, really, really excited about all that stuff. And you know, just definitely enjoying life, man. Really can't complain. Happy with work. Happy with life. Um, you know, I, I, I just really have no complaints right now, man. Just really, really blessed. How much time do you spend working? you know, <laughs> for 24 seven sports. And does that, does that kind of play? Like, how does the wife take that, you know, role? Right. Is she okay with the, the amount yeah. of time you spend? Cause I'm assuming it's, it's a full-time gig, like not right. like a 4am to midnight, like certain right, coaches right, that right. we know work, but how much are you working? <laughs> I mean, my contract says I work 40 hours a week. So <laughs> I think that'll be, I think that'll be my, I think that'll be my easy answer, but no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's uh, you know, it kind of gives and takes, you know, it's uh, you know, there's times where it's slow, where I can just kind of hang out. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of constantly on my phone, 
which probably is the, the might be the biggest issue, you know, just kind of always kind of making sure I'm not missing anything or those types of things. But I mean, actually physically working, I mean, I spend a good amount of time, I guess I'm always kind of, you know, if it's just kind of looking at film or just kind of just reading through, you know, answering questions on the message board or actually writing stuff up, making phone calls, talking to sources, all that type of stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty much on the phone all the time, like always trying to do, you know, trying to gather more intel and all that type of stuff. So definitely work a good amount and I'm on my phone a lot and always have a portable charger on me to kind of keep me all juiced up uh, and all that stuff. But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, it definitely keeps me busy. I was going to say as somebody who's, I've only been married five years, but I've been in the sports radio business now for 20. My best advice 30 minutes for dinner every night, put your phone down. It's almost yeah. a rule, and I, and I break the rule all the time. I'm, I, I'm, I'm breaking the rule currently <laughs> to talk to you guys. So I'm, cur- I'm currently breaking know, the rule. Gabby, Gabby and, his, and his wife, they, they ended up going to Big Cheese, so they're, they're bring, yeah. like, so shout out to the Big Cheese because that's a great – listen, that's a great pizza place down there off of, you know, down there by the, by the Gables. Um, yeah. Gabby, obviously you've been around a lot of, you know, a lot of recruits and things like that. Can you tell me – one of your recruits who, or the recruits that you have met that has been your absolute favorite? Man, I, I have a few. I mean, honestly, one of my favorite, I mean, gosh, that, it's going to, it's going to be hard. I, I like a lot of them. Like I love Richard Smith. I think Richard Smith is an, is an awesome kid. I mean, just like the Miami guys. Um, I think camp kitchens is awesome. Um, yes. I'm trying to think of some of the other dudes. Um, I mean, kind of honestly, some of my favorite recruits have been like the ones that I've been able to build relationships with that like aren't going to Miami, like kind of like the kids that are always kind of around because they're on a good team or I'm kind of, I'm kind of bothering one of their teammates. So I kind of naturally get to build a relationship with them, but I'm never really asking them a bunch of like questions about the recruitment because they're not a really a Miami guy. And I'm the, my, I'm like the Miami guy. So like, for example, like Travis Lathan, the, the linebacker that went to West Virginia, uh, one of like my favorite kids that I've ever met in, in, in my entire life. I mean, we, we've had so many just like awesome talks about things just so far from, from football i mean he's one of my favorite kids to kind of talk to i mean i i wish him like all the best um a couple kids that go i mean i spent a lot of time at gullet versus like will betridge too the kicker that's at that's going to virginia i just told i told him i'll always i will always root for virginia unless you're kicking against miami so um you know i i want the absolute best for him there's a lot of kids out there man there's a lot of great kids i like the you know like dante anderson and daniel Lyons at homestead are good kids too a couple underclassmen also there's a lot of them i mean these are all good kids you know these kids just are really just they want a shot, man. They want to be able to play some college football and these kids grind. And, you know, so it's really cool to kind of see even the ones that don't go to Miami, uh, some of the kids that are going elsewhere. I mean, I think those are some of the kids I root for the hardest, honestly, like some of these guys that maybe because they're an inch too short or maybe 10 pounds too thin or, or, you know, just not big enough, maybe, but, you know, just absolute ballers. I mean, those are some of my favorite kids to kind of see and interact with because those are the kids, honestly, I'm just kind of like, I want to see you perform. Like you might not be going to Alabama, but, I mean, bro, I really honestly hope the absolute best for your career. So a lot of kids like that, I feel like I, I really enjoyed kind of being around. NIL has obviously been a big, big discussion with everything that's going on yeah. in college football these days. How much does that get discussed with the players, like high school kids? Is that a real thing? You know, I, I understand there's rules and regulations, and we're not going to get into that. But is it a real thing where they start thinking about, man, if I go to wherever – I saw this player that get this kind of money or are they not thinking about that? Are they just trying to think, Hey, where's my best chance to go play ball? I mean, I think some that have the luxury to make those decisions, maybe think that way. Right. Like I think, I, I mean, I think if you're for 95% of kids looking to play college football, 
It's where can I go play? It's like, who wants me? Where can I go play? Um, for that other 5% where you can kind of play the game a little bit, where you have the luxury to, you know, push things to signing day if you really wanted to, because you're going to have a spot no matter what. I mean, sure. Yeah. Maybe there might be some NIL factors and I don't want to get too much into it because it's, I feel like it's super touchy and I definitely don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, let, we don't have to pretend like NIL is not a thing. And, you know, again, so for some of these top players, if it's, uh, between school a and school B and there's, a few extra crumb, crumbs of bread at, at, at school B, but I kind of like school A too, <laughs> but I like school B enough where it's just like, all right, I can kind of wear it for X amount. Um, you know, I could definitely see, you know, that kind of winning over someone. Yeah. Well, will so, I get you in trouble if we try to do slander of others, not necessarily slander, but do you hear the slander of the two other in-state schools, the two little brothers to the North? Yeah. They seem to be struggling. I mean, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard the, I've, I mean, obviously, I mean, I don't miss that stuff. I, I kind of, I'm on Twitter like all the time and kind of reading all the stuff, try not to interact or kind of engage too much, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I believe Miami's doing it better. Um, I know Miami's kind of doing it better than those other guys. Um, and I think that's obviously kind of worked out for them. Right. I mean, Mario Cristobal him in and of itself, I think is a good reason why Miami's kind of crushing it, but, uh, I don't think John Ruiz is a secret and, uh, you know, all that other stuff they got going on too. So, um, yeah, I guess that would be my take on that. So, Gabby, one, one last thing. Obviously, you know, I'm sure you're, you know, you're not a big celebrity, but listen, you're a celebrity there <laughs> in, in the recruiting rankings and the recruiting people. Tell, tell people where they can find you at. You know, obviously, you know, this yeah. is a show where we can kind of, you know, national-based radio show on Sirius XM. Sure. Where, where can people find you at? Where can people follow you at? Things like that. Yeah, I mean, you can find me on Twitter at GabbyUrudio247. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at a lot of the time. I mean, you can find my content at inside Um, you know, we got a, you know, VIP message board, uh, you know, kind of throw a couple things behind the paywall, but I like to think that it's worth it. We have a, you know, we got a, I feel like a pretty fair dollar amount behind all that stuff, but a ton of recruiting Intel. That's kind of my thing. You know, I like to, I, I produce, I pro provide a lot of recruiting coverage and all that stuff. So definitely find me on Twitter. And if you want to follow our work inside the check it out. We got some nice little promos running for for the time being so if you're listening to this come check us out yeah yes, you know 99 i spend every month <laughs> like literally when this mario stuff came down like back in november december when all the rumors right you yeah. got my lifeline you know yeah. it, it was walking to work appreciate all the, that all the naysayers i work with here in atlanta you're never yeah. getting mario Cristobal. Right. yes we are so John, so John, you're paying nine ninety nine. Like all you gotta do is have somebody else subscribe and they screenshot everything and send it to you, bro. Yeah, like, what are you I, mean, doing? I guess that's how it works too, man. I, I get it. Can, hey, I subscribe, man. I pay. I pay. You, you can support. You can support the hustle by just you know. No, fact. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing no, around. However, you, you can get it. I know. Listen, I, I know your wife's probably chomping at the bits for you to go have you know no, family good. dinner and stuff like that. So listen, thank you for taking your time no, out. Absolutely, and, guys. You know, hope to have you on before season. Obviously, yeah. hopefully this week Miami lands a couple more recruits. And uh, we'll be looking forward, to, you know, from the info for, from you guys. And uh, listen, all the best to what you guys do over Absolutely. there at 7 Sports. And, you know, thanks for coming on the show here on the Kane Gang Radio Show. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you. And, yeah, I'm happy to jump on anytime, all right? I appreciate it. Thanks, Gabby. I appreciate you guys. Later. Thank you, buddy. So listening to Gabby over there, man, that was, uh, that was some good insight about how the recruiting business works, John and, and oh. Bird. And, man, I, I don't know if I would be able, be able to have that job. Because, no. you know, I would – so again, we're at legends camp, right? And obviously he says he grows up as, as a Miami fan, 
like I wouldn't want to be doing work there. I, I'm over there chopping up with. So, so <laughs> you know, we saw Benny. Like I saw Benny on on Saturday, and Benny's my guy, right, John? You know Benny. Like I said, Benny, what's up, man? When you gonna come on the show? He's like. He looks at me all funny, like, why don't you text me? I'm like, I did text you. He's like, you ain't text me. So I text him right there. And he, he goes, oh, yeah, you did text me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was so jealous looking at the pictures you guys had at Legends Camp. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Or, first of all, you look like you could play outside linebacker you now. You don't slim that. You were a D tackle when I saw you about a year and a half ago. No, no it's like Keto. It's like Keto, bro. <laughs> Dude, you – you went from Zion Nelson to 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 uh, Sean Spence. You know, you, look, you guys are looking good, man. You look like you had a blast down there. Tell people, like, kind of share the experience, what that was all about. Well, let's get wait to the next segment because we're not we don't have enough time for that. Yeah, I think we uh, need to go to break, man. Oh, we're doing. No, we don't come back. We don't go to break. We, we got a minute. Like we got a, a month. Look, bro, we got a minute and a half. All the, and we'll definitely get into uh, Legends Camp. For some reason in my brain, I just keep thinking of paradise, paradise, paradise. Yeah, but you know, that was a coach Rick thing. You know, that, that was Coach Rick. And yeah, it is paradise down in the in the 305. But what what Mario brought to the table there, you know, again, with the OVs, with the amount of talent that was out there competing, you know, with the former alumni there, like like John, it was uh it was done really well. Like they they put it together, it was kind of open to where in the past, sometimes paradise camp. You got to have like a wristband. You had to kind of be like invited. And why? Why can't fans go over there and see the future potentially of University of Miami players, right. you know, interact with coaches, you know, kind of walk on Green Tree, which, you know, because, again, they went from the IPF out to Green Tree, from Green Tree back to the IPF. So it was a it was a great, op, you know, just a great opportunity just to kind of watch the future talent, you know, of not just University of Miami, but of college football, you know, because I'm sure there's going to be some some stars, some D1 guys and, you know, potentially some NFL guys that are, you know, are rocking that. So it, it was good. So let's go to break and we come back. We'll definitely get into Legends Camp, John. We won't make you feel jealous too bad. You listen <laughs> to the Can Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. We'll catch you guys in a minute. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuela Pola too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuela Pola? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tongo Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees 
Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General, at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva, la potra, la caballota, la reina y mi cuy. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, we're back here on the Kane Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. You know, and John, before we went to break, you know, you talked about, tell a little bit about the, you know, Legends Camp. I'm going to let Bird kick it off and tell you, you know, tell you his version of it, then I'll tell you my version of it. So, Bird. Well, I'm going to start with, you know, Scott Van Pelt starts out with the best thing I saw every, you know, the best thing I saw today. And I'm going to start with the best thing I saw at Legends Camp. Derek Coe. Like, no, hold bro, on. No, 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 no. Derek Coe. Listen, listen, listen you're, you're a runner up to what Coach Cristobal did. So, um, you know, at the end of the, the thing, thank God I didn't see this, but, uh, I saw you know, it. there was a really bad injury to a wide receiver out of Pensacola named Kobe Howard, right? Um, came up, you know, him and the DB went up. He went up high for the ball, came down on the DB and, and just shattered his leg, right? Um, so, despite the fact that, you know, you have a house full of, you know, official visitors and, Gavin, you know, uh, the other house full of, you know, all these kids that are coming in that you want to, you know, a shot with our coach being, you know, the guys being pulled out from every which direction, went to the hospital, saw this kid. And despite the fact he just broke his leg, um, you know, shook his hand and went there to, to, you know, tell him he appreciates him and offered him a scholarship on the sport on the spot, man. So I thought that was awesome, man. And I just, you know, shout out to coach Cristobal for, you know, putting the human side of things, uh, you know, before trying to, you know, maybe, you know, get us a little bit further along with that, with the recruitment for doing the right thing. So that being said, I wanted to call that out, but the entire experience was, uh, was amazing, right? You can see, you know, just the, just the way that the school has everything operating, man, the camp was really efficient, the way it was ran, the way that they, you know, the way they were organizing the kids, um, the legends being around there. I mean, just those, those guys just dominated. You knew where every one of them was, you know, you're, you're, you know, hearing a conversation Michael Irvin's having and, you know, you look over to the side and there's Benny Blades and, you know, then there's Dwayne Starks and Rod Mack. And, you know, it's just, I mean, these guys were everywhere. Right. And they were up in these kids, these kids faces too, man. I mean, they were, they were coaching them upright. They were setting expectations with them. Um, you know, it was, it was just incredible. I mean, there was, uh, there was some great photo ops out there. Um, you know, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of talent in the building from, uh, you know, from a recruiting perspective that I think was really impressed by what they saw. Um, you know, we also had the, the good fortune shout out to number three, my man, Gil Frierson, uh, co reached out to him up on the thing and, uh, said, Hey man, we gotta, uh, we gotta go want to take a look through the hallways and everything. And, uh, you know, Gil brought us up there and, you know, he tells us, my guy, I got you. 
and uh and walked us through and uh you know got to take a picture in the uh you know in the in the legends hall with the with the with the you and whatnot and got to pop into the uh to the meeting room and um yeah it was just an amazing experience man and just really excited for everything that's going on uh at the school you know obviously for me as much as i would say that i was there for the recruits nah not even happening because I don't get worked up, you know, and listen, God bless Gabby because that's his job. That's what he has to do. But right. for me, until those kids sign on that, you know, on the, you know, on that, you know, letter of intent and, you know, you hear that fax machine scrolling in. You know? I don't use the fax machine anymore, man. <laughs> until, until that letter of intent is signed. Listen, I follow recruiting. Right. I don't get, you know, head over heels over it. I don't care if a kid chooses us or doesn't choose us. But when they sign on that dotted line, then it means something more to me, right? So, yeah, I go out there, and, I, and I'll watch some of the kids, and I'll watch some of the talent. Um, but for me, like, John, you and I, we're old school, right? Like, for me, it's, you know, the legends started walking walking down and when they came out. And, you know, I see someone like Jeremy Shockey. You know, we come up. We, we dap a little bit. And John Beeson and Duke and Alan Hearns and Benny, Jeez. you know, and Daryl Porter. And, you know, even though he's not a Miami guy, but, you know, he was there. He actually brought Damari Brown down, which is Coach Selwyn Brown's kid, mm. big recruit. You know, kids kids looks like a stud. You know, again, people don't know who 5-1, which is Rod Mack. They don't know who this kid is. They don't know who Dwayne Starks are. You know, like, like for me, like you look at those guys, you know, they embodied what it means to be, a, you know, a Miami Hurricane. So for me, that's what I go to see. Yeah, you see some, you know, some first rounders. Greg Rousseau was there. Jalen Phillips was there, you know, like, and they're out there and they're talking to some of the kids. And and, and I think Miami's doing the right thing. And, and that's what they're supposed to do. Let's come back and talk to these kids because that's the next generation of Miami Hurricanes. And we want to put our best, like, what better recruiting tool can you have than, you know, having a first round draft pick, two of them, two defensive ends there. When you've got some OVs there that are defensive ends, hey, look, look what we put out two years ago, both in the first round. Right. So it's a tool. Right. But for me, it's let me go chop it up with my guys from back in the days. You know what I mean? And, right. you know, Beeson is one of my one of my favorite players. Obviously, you know, everybody knows that Vince Wolfork is my all time absolute favorite player. Beeson's right up there. Top two, top three, because he talks. He is humble. He'll chop it up with you. He'll he'll acknowledge you. You know, again, you'll run into some former players that just look at you like, you know, they were cool with you when they were at when they were in the game and, you know, when they were at the school and you were rooting for them. But, like, then after, like, they leave, it's like, I don't know who you are. You know what I mean? And, and that's everywhere. It, it happens. Um, but not just from a, a legend's perspective, but even from, like, an administrative side. You see someone like Jen Strawley, you know, assistant athletic director. She's there on the sidelines. She's watching what's going on. You know, we had the fishing tournament uh, kickoff party. You know, uh, Dan Redakovich, you know, he was there. It's The administration is getting behind what Mario is doing. And, and I feel like that presence – Having your ADs and the assistant ADs being in things like this, it, it, it means something probably to the coaches, right? They don't have to show up on a Saturday to go watch a bunch of high school kids, you know, 24, 25 kids, you know, classes, you know, class of 24, class of 25, going out there, running around and catching the ball. But for them to do that, to me, I think speaks volume on what they're trying to accomplish and what Mario, his overall umbrella is trying to accomplish as well, John. Yeah, the one thing I loved, and I, I just saw some of the highlights. I lived through you guys' pictures and, and sound and everything else. But Mario coming out immediately and saying, this camp is to work. We're, you know, this isn't a camp about Ferraris and taking pictures on Lamborghinis. Obviously, he was taking shots at Florida and Florida State who have to manufacture energy. 
at this time of the year. But he said, we're going to come here to get better. And I think to me, that's something that gets lost in the seven on seven circuits and a lot of these camps, a lot of these camps kids go to because, yeah, you, you want to be seen at Bama's camp or you want to be seen at Miami's camp. But you're going there more just because, hey, it's a chance to go to this camp and kind of shake hands and whatever. I like the fact that Mario put the expectations. You're going to come here and get better. You're going to come here and learn things. We're not just bringing down all of these legends that say, hey, Reggie Wayne's here. Awesome. Look, Michael Irvin's going to give you a speech. No, these guys are actually going to teach you how to get better. And I think it's something that's getting lost. I don't like seven on seven. I've said this on our radio show here in Atlanta many times. I think it's one of the softest things we do. How do I evaluate a quarterback that stands there and and he's just in a pristine pocket? He has no time to get rid of the ball. You know, there's nobody running at him. He just kind of stands there and waits till a guy gets open and throws him a football. Yeah, you can get something between DBs and wide receivers, but until I see somebody with pads on having to get open and make a catch when they know they're going to get hit, I don't learn a lot from that. From these camps, what you can learn, though, is up here. It's the mentality of how much do you want to compete How much do you want to go after somebody? How much do you want to get better? How much as an offensive lineman without pads on, do you want to block this five-star defensive lineman? And just from watching the videos that were available, you know, whoever had them out there, it seemed like Mario was getting that out of a lot of these kids. Yeah. You you know, and and I have brought this up to somebody. Obviously, we we here at the Ken Gang Show, like, you know, I would love to put out videos and put up pictures and stuff like that and kind of recap stuff. But until I'm authorized or until we are authorized to do that, I'm not going to do it, right? Because, right. again, I, I don't have access. I wasn't getting, you know, permission to say, hey, look, you know, I took all these photos. I'm going to put them on my show. I don't want to be that guy. I would rather go through the proper channels to make sure that what we're doing here is done the right way. You know, what I saw out on Green Tree, you know, you got someone like Lamar Miller, Travis Benjamin. You know, again, you bring up Reggie Wayne, who now is a wide receiver coach in the NFL for the Annapolis Colts. Like, they're coming back to, again, give back, like you said, give back their knowledge. Say, look, man, I wish somebody would do that for for me when I was younger to say, look, man, this is what it's going to take. And and this is where I think the difference when you talk about the coaching staffs. Like, not saying that Manny couldn't bring people back and stuff like that, but someone like Mario, who put that helmet on, who blood, sweat, and tears over there on Green Tree? Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna mean more, and it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna nurture those people because they understand what Mario's talking about, right? Because Mario has done it at that location. Manny didn't put a helmet on and, and bleed over there and sweat on Green Tree. You know what I mean? Al Golden didn't do that. You know, Randy Shannon did. Well, Al Golden sweating is just because he was <laughs> a tie and a long sleeve shirt. So. Yeah, he was sweating. I don't know if there was any blood, but no, I, I 100% get what you're saying. And we had Tolbert Bain on a couple of weeks ago. Oh, he and, was there too. He was I, great. And I thought what he had to say about yeah, I was there. embracing the former players. Like if you go back and watch, I think he brought up the 87 championship game against Oklahoma. You look on the sideline, it's Alonzo Highsmith, who had just been a first-round pick of the NFL. Jerome Brown, who had just been a first-round pick of the NFL. You know, George Myra Jr. was suspended, but he's down on the side. All of these former guys are down there. And it's not like they were interfering with the actual coaches. It was, hey, this is what I would have done, and you may want to try this. I think Toby told the story about the first play. Keith Jackson knocked him off, and he was like, I can't get off this big guy's block. And somebody said, no, you got to attack it immediately. Former player tells him that. How important is it now when you start to look and 
Reggie Wayne doesn't have to come down here. He's got an NFL job. He's about to be a Hall of Famer in, in Canton. He doesn't have to come back. Jeremy Shockey's made millions of dollars. He doesn't have to come back. Michael Irvin is a is one of the all-time celebrities. He can't wait to come back and give back to this school. And it was a shame that Randy never really embraced it. Al Golden damn sure didn't embrace it. Rick did a little bit. Manny pushed. Mario Cristobal realizes these guys are assets. Correct. Yeah, you're not going to win a game because Michael Irvin shows up at a camp, but it damn sure is an asset for a Jalen Brown. And you saw Michael Irvin quote retweet uh, Ray Ray Joseph's commitment saying, hey, yeah. we got one of the most explosive players. How the hell do you think that makes Ray Ray Joseph feel as a 17-year-old that that Michael Irvin retweets his tweet? I mean, it's awesome. You know, you know, I don't get into these spaces. Like, I might pop onto one and listen to them every now and then. I guess that something went down last night between Uncle Luke and and uh, Ricky Williams from the South Florida Express. Bert, did oh, you hear anything about that? No, I stay pretty much off the spaces. I'll go on yeah. occasionally, but yeah. I, I guess there was a lot of drama. You know, again, some oh. couple people hit me up today. You know that Uncle Luke was going in on uh, Ricky Williams. You know about uh, whether it was about the Ray Ray thing or listen, Ricky Williams. I think he does a lot of stuff with the South Florida Express, so there's a lot of stuff there. But you know how Uncle Luke is. Uncle Luke wants what's best for the University of Miami. Like he might have like drifted off to FSU with Dalvin Cook and you know some of those guys. But you know, yeah, but you know deep down, like Uncle Luke is you. You can say Trick Daddy is Mister Three Hundred Five or Pit Bull, but in reality, that's Uncle Luke. Luke. Yeah, Uncle yeah. Luke is Uncle Luke is Dade County through and through. Yeah, I'm not gonna Dang lie. Gang show alumni. <laughs> yeah, I know we had we have the show tonight. I wanted to get on X's space tonight. Because apparently X and whatever the guy's name, Uncle Milk, Uncle Silk, whatever. Oh, the Silk. Hell, yeah, yeah. Apparently they have like beef beef for real. Silk started taking some some BS shots at X. And X is my guy. Like I get a, That's my dude. Um, and I think X was supposed to address it, but I didn't get on there tonight. We got I, I stay off the beef, but supposedly like Silk showed his face in Miami and said he didn't want to come see X because he was wearing because he was wearing sandals. Oh no! Suppose I don't know. I heard that like from like the the distance in there, but like that's why if you see him mention sandals, he's like, I can't fight in sandals. Yeah, I know one of his tweets said something about talking through a tin can, which, dude, that's not cool. Oh, bro. You know, X X has gone through some. You know, he's gone through like legitimate medical issues, and he's one of the great guys you'll ever meet. Um, I hung out with him at one of the tailgates before the Michigan State game last year and had a great time. But yeah, there. I laugh at some of these beefs, these Twitter beefs, these space beefs. I'll pop in. I'll listen. Normally, I'm like you, Bird, about five minutes on there, and I'm out. I can't take anymore, especially when everybody starts talking over each other. I, I can't do it. Like, it's just like, oh, this is too much, man. There's too much going on on it. But, you and know, just when have really bad audio, you're, you're talking from a Nokia <laughs> flip phone. Like, get a yeah. better phone, bro. The twenty two sixty, right? <laughs> so you know that that whole situation, though, right? Like with the, with the, with you know the Gators, and I want to kind of touch on on that right now. Listen, there's not a team that I can't stand more in the world, but I'll tell you, like you know, I want to really, see more than FSU. You like Florida less than FSU? Oh hell yeah, absolutely! Okay. Oh, I can't stand them, and it's mainly because of their fans, right? But I'm you know being the purest, and I wanted to go back in some way, shape, or form to where all three programs are competitive right yes. and we're beating the snot out of them like we always used to back in the day right so you know i don't want to see all of us down like we have been and it's you know one goes up and the other two are down like let's get all three back up to the top but their fan base right now is just absolutely ruthless like you have a brand new head coach 
who I think is like, I think it's a fantastic hire. I think that guy is the perfect fit for them. Like, you know, I think he's, you know, I think he's, you know, he went through all the right schools, all the right academies, learned from all the right, uh, you know, all the right coaches that have mentored him along the way. Saw a lot of success at Louisiana. A lot of his good players, like that kid who's a monster on the offensive line, followed him there. And they've been getting like four, mid four, high four star recruits that have been thinking. But they are absolutely torching this guy. The girl who works in the in the recruiting department had to be like, you guys got to back off me. I work 106 hours a week. You know, these are people that are in there that are like working their tail off trying to right. make your program better. And you as fans are in there and just absolutely destroying them. And Didn't I'm just shut down Swamp 24-7 after Rashada committed to Miami. I think they had to close the message board for the night because yeah. they were just eviscerating Billy Napier. Yeah. Like let the guy do his thing. Right. Like, you know, to Coe's point, right. Like he always goes back to this, right. It doesn't mean a thing until they sign. Right. right. You know, which is like, like I enjoy following recruiting and like, I love seeing the momentum and, you know, like I appreciate it. I like, I like following these kids and seeing them come through and seeing them, you know, become great and everything. Right. But I don't ever take this personal. And there's way too many people out there who take a high school age kids decision personal. Oh, that kid trolled us or this or that. Like, you know, look, so what, right? Like you're the one who's feeding into it as an adult, like enabling them to do it, right? So the shame worst, on you. Yeah, the worst is the people that go on the recruits commitment and start going, you're a dumbass. I There are people saying they hope Rashada breaks his leg or yeah. what? Yeah. what? I, I, I want to curse with you. And what the hell is wrong with you? And this is where, you know, I get nervous as my kids are in high school and yeah, uh, our middle son, Julian, is going to be a freshman playing high school football here in Georgia. Kane is obviously going to eighth grade. If they ever get a chance to get recruited at that level, I'm not the dad you're going to play with. You start talking <laughs> about my son, I'm going to hunt your ass down a week or two weeks. <laughs> Don't mess with my kid. Yeah. And what people need to remember, these are high school. Jaden Rashada has not gone to his senior year of high school, and you're telling him you hope he breaks his leg but because he chose to go to Miami over Florida. What the hell's wrong with you people? You know, what's what's wrong with people is that's just their nature, and that's how they're brought up, and they're keyboard warriors, right? Like, it's one thing to sit behind your desk or sit behind your phone and type a bunch of stuff in, and then when somebody rolls up on you, you know, then you start backpedaling, right? So at the end of the day, you know, listen, kids are kids. Kids are going to choose schools, you know, and and it was brought up um, at Legends Camp. You know, again, when those when those guys played, and I'm talking about like the 83 to 88, 89 guys, man, there was no social media. No. There was no Twitter. There was no Facebook, no IG. Like, them guys went out there just to play. Right. You know, and again, it was, you beat me this round, we're playing again so I can beat you next round. Just the competition was different. You know, the I'd like to see. What they got was a Dan Levitard article in the Miami Herald if they didn't play well. Who, by the way, <laughs> one of the greats of all time, but that was all they got. I, I can't imagine, and we're birds a little bit younger than us. I can't imagine growing up today. Like I was talking to my 13 year old, we just went to Hilton Head last week, which is why I look a little more tan than I normally do. Spent a couple of days on the beach in South Carolina. I was talking to him, you know, just having dad son conversations about girls. Cause there's all these little young girls running around Hilton Head and I could see his eyes about this big. And I said, Kane, you know, I have no idea how you deal with this social media. And we don't really let him on social media right now. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, what did, he literally asked me, he goes, what did you have to do if you wanted to talk to a girl? 
I said, well, you walked up. You got her phone number. He goes, well, where'd you call her? I said, we had house phones. He goes, what happens if her yeah. dad went through the phone? I yeah, said, you had to go through the parents. Yeah, you had to yeah. have. And they would be like, I think with so-and-so. Right. Just, like, Who are yeah. you? <laughs> and his eyes again got this big. And I can't imagine that now as a high school kid oh, getting ready man. to play sports. Like I got recruited at D2 and NAI, and I got a letter here and a letter there, and I couldn't wait to open the letter. Like, wow, you want me to come play, uh, you know, athletics at your college? Can you imagine being Reuben Bain? And you've got 196 offers, and every 30 seconds your phone is getting a tweet or a, a text or something. I mean, it's, it's insane, and that's where – one for social media, and I'm going to get off my moral high horse here. But I think with social media, you should have to scan your driver's license. And I'm not necessarily saying use your driver's license as a picture, but they have to really know who you are. And I think your avatar needs to be a picture of you. I don't think your avatar, and I know my, my uh, like our show page, it has the Kane Gang radio show, or my uh, podcast, State of Miami, has a logo. My real page has a picture of me. Yeah. And I think that's how it should be because you'll get rid of a lot of these people who are coward asses who will talk trash to players and everything else behind closed doors. Yeah, behind a screen. That, That'll that, be that, easier for all. That's these a great things. point. That, you know, that's a great point. And you know, my social media, whether it's my Facebook, my IG, my Twitter, it has my wife in the picture with me. Right. You know what I mean? Because first of all, if I didn't, I'd probably get in trouble. But number two. <laughs> We know who wears the pants in your house. One hundred. Oh, she she would cut him, bro. Like uh, legit, man. Bro, you know how it is. It's a Latin, right? Yeah, oh, she, I know. She, Latinas, she will cut me in a heartbeat, right? So, <laughs> listen, I love I love that woman to death, and I don't show her enough gratitude, and I don't show her enough appreciation for everything that she does. But like, she's my ride or die, and there's no reason why I shouldn't have her in in my header or my profile, or you know, so everybody knows like this. This you know, this is my wife, and. You know, but you're right, John. You know, you get somebody who throws a picture of like fucking Calvin and Hobbes or something up there. You right. Know what I mean, like, come on, man. Like, make yourself known. You want to be a big bad, you know, wolf behind a keyboard? Make yourself known. You know, it's like the other day I saw something on Twitter. Um, was that Danny Boy Kane? Yeah. He he ended up calling somebody, you know, a slur, and you know, then you want to backpedal and apologize. Like, like, dude, it's out there. You know, how does that? How do you change from that? Or how do you go back from that? You know, I stand by anything I've ever said on social media. Anything I've said, I'll say to your face. Al Golden's blocked me because I called him out. Maybe he has. <laughs> you know what? If I ever see him, I'm going to say, you're a horrible coach. You're terrible. You're not the right guy for Miami. What is he going to do? You whoop my ass? Well, if that's what if that's how it has to go, that's just how it has to go. You know, I called out. Are we going to do this? Yeah, I called out Kevin Durant. He retweeted me. I got, I'm still getting responses two and a half <laughs> weeks later. I'm not kidding you. Two and a half weeks later, over a million impressions. Yeah, because wait a minute, you, this, I, I totally missed Kevin Durant retweeting you, bro. He he responded. So when he he was going off on Stephen A. or one of them, and he said something along the lines of sports sports radio makes me want to puke. So I quote retweeted being the jerk that I am. I said, how does it feel getting swept? Or how does getting swept in the first round make you feel? And he responds to me and says, just like sports radio. Oh. I literally, of course, every Kevin Durant jock rider, you're an idiot. Uh, they started breaking down my tattoos that they could see in my avatar picture. You have a shark tattoo. Like, what loser are you? I laughed at most of them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> This was two plus weeks ago. I'm still getting. What'd you do? <laughs> Look 
getting answers. I'm just mad I didn't get more followers out. I only got like 10 followers out of it. Oh, wow. He was on with Hawkman Crowder, and Hawk goes, what did you do? He goes, I see your Twitter blow, and he looked at it and just laughed and had a good time. But, yeah, that's the power and the and the despair of social media. Man. And I felt terrible for Jaden Rashada. The fact that he had to come out and answer. And apologize. Or, yeah, and answer something. And answer about $9.5 million, allegedly. It's like, dude, even if he took it, who gives a damn? It's yeah. his money, not yours. You know what I loved about that commitment, though? Like, that was like an old school commitment, right? Yep. Hats, hats on the table. Thank you to my mom. Thank you to my family. Thank you to my coaches. Thank no, God. No, like picking up and like throwing other schools' hats. The he man above. <laughs> the man yeah. above. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he just he put the hat on. He said, you know, respect my decision. You know, like, you know, just threw the U up. Said, I'm a cane. Like, I, you know, I, I love that, man. I, you know, like I was going to, if we had more time with Gabby, kind of talked to him about the whole crystal ball thing. And, you know, not that I would want to knock on, on what they do, but I think the crystal ball is like, they take so much fun out of like the recruitment, man. I mean, remember signing day, how it used to be. And like, you'd turn on the TV and you'd have it going all day and all day. There's, there's just hundreds of commitments and right. it's, it's just hat grabs all day long. Right. And you know, like that day was just so up and down, man. Like I miss that, man. <laughs> I don't knock what they do. Cause I, I think it's, it's obviously great for their brand 24 seven and yeah. even on three right now does a pretty good, I like 24 seven better uh, cause they're the more established group. Yeah. I like what they do. It's obviously about getting people engaged and they got to keep people coming back to the site. And yeah, I pay the $9.99. I'm perfectly fine to help their brand and pay nine bucks a month to get insider access. I always wonder how they get to this crystal ball. And, and we, you know, if we had had more time with Gabby, maybe the next time we have him on, we ask him that. How did you get to that crystal ball? And are they doing it where they don't tip their hand, but they are tipping their hand? Like I'll see where they have like a six confidence. All right, where are you getting that from to come up with a six? Like, I had confidence Mario was going to be hired, and I told people it was a 10 because I knew things that I wasn't supposed to know. Do they know things and they're trying not to ruin it for a kid? Because I think the worst thing, Bird, to your point, that you could do to a 16 or 17-year-old or even 18-year-old is ruin their moment. You know, basically telling everybody, yeah, he's going to go to Miami. We all know this. He's a nine confidence level. Like, where are they getting those numbers from? But what if what if that you know what if they put a nine or a ten on somebody, and the kid ended up choosing someone else? Yeah, like, it was Travis Hunter. He went to Jackson State. Just listen. That's that's where I was going to lead with that, right? Like, it happens. Like Florida State, man, for a year and a half, they swore that the number one player in the country, their Messiah, was going to Florida State. Well, he did go to Florida State with Deion Sanders. <laughs> I mean, but you know, you put all these wild. things on, bro. That was that was. That was so unexpected. Like he saw Whitney Renner and he went to home. I and I went to an HBCU, so I can tell you an HBCU homecoming is just a little bit different than the homecoming you're gonna see at Florida State or Florida nice. or anywhere else. He saw fine ass Brittany Renner walk in there and say, Hey, hide your kids. And he goes, I want a piece of that. And that's <laughs> it's like and I'm not line, sure right? if you guys are familiar with Brittany Renner's work, but maybe you yeah. should be. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm excited, you know, again, I'm excited about what Mario is doing moving forward. Again, right. we've talked about this before. You still got to put the product on the field. I just feel like the product that's going to be on the field this year from a mental perspective and from an attitude perspective is going to be completely different than it has been over the last four years. Do you guys agree with that statement or disagree? It has 100%. to be. It has yeah. to be. The mentality is different. 
you know, you, you look at, it, it's no longer, and, and I wrote an article last week for State of the U, um, and I haven't been hired by 24-7 Sports yet. I'm a little disappointed because I would pack up and move to Miami if I did. But, no, I wrote an article for State of the U last week, and I said the Coastal now needs to be the floor. You know, it's no longer, hey, let's be happy to make. The Coastal is the floor. And I know, and we're going to get into the way the Coastal no longer really matters anymore. Uh, what Coastal? After, yeah, the Coastal <laughs> is now gone. But making it to Charlotte has to be the floor, and I think that's the mentality that Mario's going to bring. You know, it's no longer about flash. It's no longer about pulling up to a recruiting party on a yacht. It's no longer about crashing Florida State's party and handing out beers while you're there. I knocked Manny because I hated the flash over substance. I'm I'm a trash talker. I'm a flash guy. I mean, I've got every turnover chain ever made. I've got literally on my, my mantle right here, every national championship ring, every heat world championship ring. I'm a flash guy. I'm a trash talker. It's what I do for a living. But there has to be substance behind it. Miami was trash talkers because they were great. When you trash talk and you suck, it doesn't really play out. And I thought Manny never could differentiate between flashy and winning. And there had to be a balance there. I think Mario, in part, Cody, your point from earlier on, having been there, won national titles, know what it takes to be part of that brotherhood. It resonates a hell of a lot different with these kids. Yeah. You know, I've heard we've had kids that look leaps and bounds in six months better than they ever did. I've heard from multiple people that the accountability down there is second to none. Like, there's no more, hey, you're going to have a crap game and drop four passes and start next week. I know there was a lot made, and I know I'm rambling. I know there was a no, lot fine. made during, during spring practice of our guys were dropping passes. and I guarantee Mario went back and made every one of them watch film and say, this happens, you sit on the bench. I've got eight other kids behind you that are going to come play. And we need this. We need that. There doesn't need to be, hey, you missed a block. Let's pat you on the back and put a, and put some touchdown rings on you. No, you need to knock somebody's ding-ding in the dirt. You need to take Alabama, and while Will Anderson's rushing you, stand up to him like a man. Yeah. These are the things we haven't had in a long time. And yeah, it may not instantly translate to a national title, but I guarantee, I'm going to guarantee right now on what's today? June the 29th, we're in Charlotte. I guarantee we're in Charlotte. Who's we? I'm on a cruise that day. Yep, that's a huge problem. Bird. We, we is me and John Michaels. Bird, you have a place to stay in Atlanta. I know you got hotel hookups, but you can stay with me. Yeah, no, we'll no, drive gonna... to Charlotte. It's a three-hour drive. We'll make it up there and uh, make my wife drive back because I'm going to be half drunk. Ah! <laughs> Listen, I already talked to the wife. I think we're canceling that cruise just in case. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll lose that. Depo- I'll lose that two fifty deposit in a heartbeat. That's because you got big money. Well, you know, well, I don't have the money, but I have the money. <laughs> well, look, we got to get into this uh, ACC schedule talk. You want to go to no, break? No. And can, then, uh... can I just talk? Can I just talk on one thing real quick? Of course. Do whatever you want. Your show, man. Congratulations to Ole Miss. Came down here, beat us, and then won the CWS. Just uh-huh. got to get them. Just got to give them a plug. Shout out mm-hmm. to Ole Miss. That so that means. <laughs> That team was seven and fourteen in <sighs> SEC play, bro. They lost. Hold on, that was, and they ended up finishing like sixteen and fifteen. But at one point, they were seven and fourteen in a, in SEC play. They lost in the opening round of the SEC tournament and were the last damn team to make it into the College World Series bracket and won the whole damn thing. Congrats. So that means that means Canes basketball, both men's and women's. Yep. And Kane's baseball all lost to the eventual national champion. Yep. Correct. 
football did not lose to the Nationals. <laughs> no, we definitely we lost, lost to we lost well, to, we lost we well, lost to the runner-up. <laughs> say we lost to the purse boys from Tallahassee. We sure did lose to the runner-up. <laughs> we lost to the runner-up. <laughs> like, could you course. imagine if Alabama would have beat beat them though? Then in all four of the major sports, we would have lost to the eventual national champion. That's now o- kind of only Central track. Florida would have hung a banner. That said, they lost to the four nationals. <laughs> yeah. Look at us. Ain't Look that at the us. Truth. Yeah, ain't they that had the a parade. Truth. Put that in your bounce house, right? <laughs> oh God. So go ahead. So yeah, obviously the schedule comes out. You know, starting in 2020, uh, 2024, no, 2023. Next 2023. Year. 2023. Yeah, the three five five. You know, Bird and I were talking about this earlier. Obviously, you know, BC, Florida State, and Louisville. Mm-hmm. I'm a little disappointed they didn't keep the keep the Vatech. I mean, obviously that's a rivalry going back from the Big East days. How do you not keep that one? I'm okay with the Boston College one because going up to the Northeast every other year, why not? You know oh, what I mean? It. I love mean, it. but taking away like Vatech or even like you know, obviously the last couple of years with North Carolina just putting like just buggy stomping us. Like I wouldn't mind seeing like a Carolina as the primary as well. So, Bird, what's what's your take on that? And John, follow up and t- tell me what you think. Love the love the format, right? I think it's I think it makes all the sense in the world for competition. I think you're going to get the two best teams playing in Charlotte, which is you know really what it uh, what it should be. You know the the odd thing about it though, right? And I'm even okay with VT not being one of the uh, you know one of the permanents, right? Because um, I know that they'll probably you know adjust that the next time you know in 2027 and, and going forward when they finish the rest of the schedule out. But the thing is, instead of having them every other year like you should, you know they have them. We don't play them for two years now, and then you play them the two years after. First at home in 2025, then on the road in 2026. But um, I just, I, I mean, I absolutely love like look. Boston is an amazing city to go to. Uh, there's you know some historic roots in that for us. Uh, I just hope it's not that red bandana game because they have another gear in that red bandana game. Uh, not that I, you know, think that they're anything crazy, but that, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've experienced that and we've seen them in that red bandana game against other uh, opponents, man. So. Yeah. They made us play that stupid Friday night game when they did the red bandana uh, game in Mark Ricks last year. And we lost. Yeah, and and we that lost. was the, that was the game. Like, you know, when I looked at it and I, like, I looked at Mark Ricks on the sidelines and I, and I said, I actually have it with text with some buddies. I was like, he's 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 given up, he's out, right? And I said, this this guy's not going to be coaching us next year. And sure enough, at the end of that year, you know, he retired, <laughs> right? So, but I mean, you could tell at that game the way we were getting whooped in that game, like he just he just didn't have it. Was that Anthony you know? Brown quarterbacking for BC that night? I'm pretty yeah. sure it was, and he ended up. It being was. Awesome. He was terrible at Oregon. He wasn't really good at BC uh, either. But uh, yeah. Miami let him do a little bit of everything there. Well, I, I was also AJ Dillon running like a bowling well, ball through us. Yeah, Shaq and and Pink and them they they had their work cut out for him that day. I was livid. V, VT wasn't part of this. You know, you look simply. You could have swapped. I think Louisville plays. I think uh, I'm sorry. I think VT plays Wake and Louisville yeah. does not. You could have simply swapped Wake to Louisville and yeah. us play VT. BC I'm fine with because of the old Big East days, how you can go back to the Flutie days. There have been, you know, there's been moments between Miami and BC. The Ed Reed the, game. The old one game, correct. Yeah, the Ed Reed game, the Matt Walters interception. I'm fine with that. I would have rather had Pitt, personally. I would have rather it been Florida State, Pitt, VT. But Louisville? What the hell are we playing Louisville for? I would have rather had Georgia Tech. At least in that case, it's an easy game for me, and every other year I get a home game. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, man. Well, they, the ACC I, dropped the ball on this one. 
Well, John, let me say, let me say this. I know it's, it's a four-year format, you know, and who's to know, who, who's to say that after 2026, they don't revitalize it and be like, you know what? Yeah, right. we got to change. We got to change up the three-year constant. Again, I, I do like to Bird's point where you're taking the equation out of the conferences because, again, you know, you put a seven and five, you know, pit team, you know, right. whatever it was in the ACC title game, you know, and again, Miami beat them. You know, yeah, they're 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 literally a field goal, you know, miss of Virginia from pretty much playing in the ACC championship game. So. Yeah, I wish more conference. And again, I don't know how that's going to work. Does the SEC adhere to that? Does the Pac-12? Does the Big Ten? Well, the Pac-12 already went to it. The Big 12 has already had it because they've only had 10 teams. Right. I don't know what they're going to do when Central Florida and Cincy and Houston and all them join and Texas and Oklahoma leave. I think this is the wave of the future. Because you think about it, and I'll use the SEC only because we talk about them so much here. Right now, the SEC East is dog crap. It's Georgia – and, and then and nobody else and nobody else. Tennessee might be better this year. I think Josh Heupel's doing a good job, but there's nobody that's competing with Georgia. And really in the West, it's mostly been Alabama. So the SEC gets it right because you get the two best because they're on opposite sides. But how about the year that it was LSU and, the, and Alabama and they were head and shoulders above? I think Treon Harris was the quarterback at Florida. Yep. And they made it. Yep. Or back-to-back years, Missouri makes it with Chase Daniel. You don't want to see that. Yeah. You know, the Coastal has been dog crap for how many years? Nobody wants to see any of that. Yeah. So, you know, the place that it hurts us, though, as well, um, you know, it's, it's kind of in the recruiting because when you're looking at going up against a Louisville or or right. even a Boston College, it doesn't really have much of a presence down here. But Louisville is is definitely trying to have a presence down here. You know, you can go to, a, a you know, a kid that we're head-to-head with, like, say, Ray Ray Joseph. You know, what's not to say they could have looked at that and Ray Ray says, well, hey, I can get a couple games, you know, back at home, right? So. I think it's a huge factor, but it's definitely one that, you know, probably works against us, if any team, because it means that, you know, it makes it easier for other teams to come and snatch out of our backyard. I'm interested to see, and and I think we may have touched base on this here on the Ken Gang Radio Show. um, What happens in, I believe it's 2025, when uh, Oklahoma and Texas go to the SEC? What are they going to do with that conference alignment there? Who are they moving they're going to have to move somebody from two teams from the West to the East. I think they're going to go, they're going to go away from divisions to be honest. Yeah, with you. I, I think that's they where should. it's going to happen. And that probably is going to happen sooner than later because those other schools sued the AAC to get out of their contracts earlier. I believe they're going in next year, next year, those four teams. Yeah. So I think you could see an expedited process with Texas and Oklahoma going to the sec, but divisions are going to go away. This is just, and this is just my, theory on this is a precursor to the college football playoffs expanding and these conferences realizing we don't want to limit ourselves with divisions we just don't divisions limit you know you think about for us for miami we haven't played bc in how long 2018 we've only played clemson and clemson the only reason we played them i think in the covid year was because it was the covid year we when's the last time clemson's come to miami was it 2010 no, no, no. Oh, no it was the Algodon game. 2015. 2015. But I mean, it's <laughs> And Clemson hasn't been to Miami in seven years, which is probably a good thing for us. But, you know, for <laughs> yeah. Miami fans, how much would you want to see Clemson come to South Florida? Love That's it. a premier Love ticket. It. And we yeah. now all of a sudden, two. So one out of every four years, you're going to get Clemson at home. 
We've got them three years in a row right now, actually. We get them this oh. year, and then we get them the next two. Like, look, bring it on, man. Look, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And They're I still the favorite there. this year. They're still the favorite in the ACC this year, I think, man. Well, then they should be. They, they, they should, should be. be. They've earned it. Absolutely. You know? To be the king, you got to beat the king, right? Like it's, That's right. And, again, they did look sloppy last year. You know, gosh, I hated to even say it, but, like, Florida State should have beat them last year. You know, I hate, I hate to say it, but they looked really suspect last year. They but if your off year is ten wins, like right. dude, I damn, their off year was ten and three. What did they? They they lost on a pick six to the national champs. They lost ten three to Georgia. They lost in overtime to NC State on a field goal. And then who was their third loss? I don't Maybe. even remember. It was Pitt. They, no, they lost to Pitt really close. So they lost to the two teams in the ACC championship game and the national champs, no. and all three of the games were close. They lost at NC State. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was. Oh, sorry, that. not not Wake. They lost to NC State. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wake. But that's your down year. Come on, man. I know. It's wild. You know Absolutely what we would wild. pay, right? We just paid eight and a half million dollars to go ten and three. Facts. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Facts. But you know what? That, that ten and three hopefully translates to an eleven and two. You know, and then a twelve and one. You know, those. I, I can see it happening, man. I, I think the University yeah. of Miami can really get on a roll. Um. And then what, what happens is through the recruiting, right? You look at that cycle again, till they sign, I don't really care. You've got a lot of momentum right now. You got two stud quarterbacks. You got some receivers coming in, potentially getting a couple more five stars potentially to come in. But if you go and you crap the bed and, and you go eight and four, right? How many people stay? Right. Yeah. So I, I got to bring this up only because I know we're all big NBA guys and, and tomorrow and by the time the show plays on Sirius XM, it will be Friday. But tomorrow, NBA free agency opens. How about this? A rumor that just popped up Heat-related. According to sources, the Heat, Kings, and Jazz are all teams engaged with the Hawks to try to get forward John Collins. I love it. That's John Collins next to Bam Adebayo. If PJ needs to roll, cool. Now, John is not the defender PJ is. But he was a 16 and 10 guy where he never touched the basketball. Facts. About a 35% three point shooter. He's a turbo rebounder. Um, he can't get his own shot. That's not really what John Collins does. But can you imagine if it's like Duncan Robinson and you know, <laughs> you're not getting Tyler Hero, but if it's Duncan Robinson and I don't know, you're going to have to throw in a sweetener of a first round pick and throw in a sweetener of maybe, I don't know, I'm trying to maybe Yurtsevin. I don't know, somebody like that. You're going to have to have some salary match. But all of a sudden you get Bam, John Collins, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent, Max uh, Struess. Dude. Well, one thing's for sure. You got the salary cap wizard, Andy Ellisberg, working right. in the background. And, <laughs> like, look, they're going to be all right, man. We're you know, like even if PJ wants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, look, you know, everybody's going to throw it out there. But, you know, look, we're going to make a move. We're going to make a splash. We're going to get somebody big. You know, Pat Riley is going to is going to figure it out. And Andy Ellisberg is going to make it happen in the background and make the numbers work. So, you know. Would you guys stuff. want a John Collins? I'd take him. I would. Oh, absolutely. Like he's, you know, he's, he's, he's one of those guys that's uh he's like an energizer battery, man. Like he gets, he gets going once he gets going, man, he, uh he gets hot. So, Hey, I do want to throw a couple of, a uh, couple of shout outs out here. We got a couple people watching on YouTube in the comments. So Jason Sanchez, what's good from Colorado. I'm not sure if that's, I think that might be Colorado Kane. If it I'm is. not mistaken. Uh, that, 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 right, yeah. So. yeah. What's up? What's up? Colorado Kane. Uh, of course, Mondo, he's always in there. Munching that's on my dude. Man. And, Mondo. Uh, munching on those croquetas. And, and, and David's, so, 
Go ahead. David Lettvarg as well. I want to say shout out to you guys as well. So thank you all so much for uh, for tuning in and supporting the Can Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. So what's funny I'm, is – I'm trying to look now, I and I go down the wormhole. I don't well, know I, how you match salary for John Collins. It, it would have to be a fairly – Heavy make, trade. Yeah, they Duncan have Robinson, right? Well, Duncan's 17. I think Collins makes about 20-something, um, yeah. which makes it tough because the Heat don't want – I don't think they want to hard cap themselves. Yeah. So they would have to bring back – and I'm trying to see what Collins is. Collins is at 23 and a half. Oof. So if you go get – if you go get uh, – just say Duncan Robinson, he's only 16. You got to come up with $7 million more dollars – Look, I'm not. I'm not playing. And Tyler Hero ain't it. You're not getting Tyler Hero from us. No. Why not though? I mean, no. t- why not? Dude, 20 he's years 20, old, man. He's 22. <laughs> he averaged 20 points a game off the. Listen, bench. he's getting ready to have another kid at 22 years old. Gonna have two kids. Man. Got baby mama drama. Like, bro. Like, sometimes you just got to cut the bait and let it ride. No. Like, <laughs> not for John Collins. <laughs> you know what the last time to do that was? Yeah. Uh-huh. The Thunder when they traded James Harden to uh oh, to yeah. the to the Rockets and he went off for like 40 points a game when he first got there. Yeah, here here's what I'm not doing. I'm not trading away a 22-year-old six man of the year for John Collins. Now, no. you want to include Tyler Hero in a trade that gets me Donovan Mitchell, Frankie Beal? Yes. yes. I had a, uh, our, our buddy Jordan Nelson who who's on social media was like, "Well, maybe they're going to put Tyler Hero in a trade for Jalen Brunson." Brunson? What? the hell do I want Jalen Brunson for? Let the no. Knicks go overpay him $25 million a year. Yeah. Hell no. I'll give you, I'll give you Kyle Lowry for Jalen Brunson. Yeah. If, if the Hawks want Kyle Lowry, they could have, the problem is the heat just don't have a lot of tradable assets. They don't. No. Um, they don't. So I got to figure, I'm trying to figure this out. We're going to come up with a trade that works where I can, uh, <laughs> where I can get, where I can get my guy, John Collins here to Miami. So <laughs> nice. So I'm burnt on your shout outs. You wanted to, you know, shout it out old Mondo over there. You know, listen, it's my guy. He's a dude, man. He, he, like there's, there's just good people yeah. in this world. Right. And, and I feel like he's one of those good dudes. Now there's a lot of people that we interact with on social media that for the most part, we don't even know. Right. Like, honestly, we don't even know half these people, but Mondo is always like, he's always positive. Like, but he can be critical at sometimes, but it's a, it's a positive critical. Right. So it's not like he's bashing anybody or, but he's passionate about what he talks about. He's passionate about his food. You know, the other day he was talking about his wings, like, you know, and I threw a couple spots out there for, and hopefully he's going to try those soon. One's roosters and Margate, the other's wings plus over here in Coral Springs. Um, but like John, I know that's your guy, right? Like, you know, Mondo's your man. He's been to my house. He's watched college. We watched the Louisville game here during COVID. So yeah, Mondo's my dude. Like he's, he's a dude. No, there's certain people like, we have all of us basically met via social media and ended up, you know, meeting in person and becoming friends and everything else. Mondo was one of those guys. My first time physically meeting him was Nikosi Perry's first start on a Thursday night uh, for the North Carolina game. So him and I had talked via social media. No, we won 48 to 10. Uh, it was great. It was oh, awesome. that that's right. The, the night game, the Thursday night where uh, our defense had like, what was it like three uh, touchdowns had, that game? We had at least two. I think uh, Romeo Finley had yeah. a pick six. Joe yeah. Jackson had a fun. RJ Mackenshaw. Uh, that game was a up. lot of fun. So I've never told the story on the air what that game Tell was. It. I used to do middays here in Atlanta, 10 to 2. Previous inclination, 92-9 the game. They fired me because the program director was a jackass. And he got fired afterwards. I didn't feel bad for him. But that's a different story for a different day. So 
I had a bunch of points on Delta. And at the time, my mom was living in Hollywood right by the Hard Rock. So I came up with the gym and I had season tickets. So I was like, I have season tickets. I have a free flight to Miami and a free place to stay. I said, I can make this a day trip. The stupidest, greatest idea ever. So I get off the air at two here in Atlanta, jump on Marta. Marta's not usually smarter, but going to the airport from Midtown Atlanta, Bird, as you know, very, very good thing to do. Jumped on Marta. I get to the train. I get to the airport at like 2.45. I think I had a four o'clock flight. Four o'clock flight from Atlanta. I land in, in Fort Lauderdale about 5.30. My mom straight at the airport picks me up with a Yeti about this size full of Tito's and sugar-free Red Bull. You can see I've got the uh, Twitter handle on here and everything. Um, picks me up. She goes, we're going straight to the stadium. We drive there. I got a good friend of mine, Carlos, who's a principal up in Palm Beach Gardens. He's got season tickets in the club level. So I gave away or sold my two season tickets down in section 150. And I went and sat with Carlos club level. So Mondo's texting me, Hey man, I'd love to meet you. Cool. Again, I don't really know him, but I said, yeah, yeah, come on up. Game's out of hand. I am hammered, hammered. It's hammer time. And Mondo goes, dude, where are you at? And I said, I'm in the club level. He goes, you think I could get in? I said, just walk in. Nobody asked me for a ticket. It's like 30,000 people there. And it's, it's a blow. He ends up coming in, sitting with me, and we laugh and joke and have a good time. We end up being boys. Algie Crumpler, who's a good friend of mine, former Falcon tight end, North Carolina grad. North Carolina, yeah. He texts me and goes, dude, you look like you're, your picture looks like you're sitting right next to me. He's one section over. So Crump comes over. I make him wear my turnover chain. I got pictures with Crump. And, and Mondo ends up meeting Crumpler there. And we've just been boys ever since then. I tailgated with him last year with X and the boys. And uh, is God, uh, there's so many people. I, I know their Twitter handle and I don't know their real name. Uh, Mr. T. Mr. T on Twitter. I know we follow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're all down there tailgating. And, and Mondo knows. Yeah. Bring the Tito's and it's go time. So 2020 <laughs> rolls around and he, he was doing some work in Atlanta. Because I think Mondo works for AT&T. And he goes, dude, where are you watching the Louisville game? And I said, I watch everything at home. I've got a pretty good setup. I've got a movie theater room in the base. So Mondo comes here. He literally FaceTimes his wife and was like, this is the setup we need. Like this, because I've got all the Miami paraphernalia all over the place. And I've got like a 200-inch screen in this room. It was built long before I bought the house. I don't have the money to build it. It was here. But that's my dude. So we've always been boys. We text all the time. He listens to my show here in Atlanta from time to time, which is always good. He's he's like one of those guys that legit support the craft of talk radio, which is awesome. Facts. Absolutely. Mr. You know, T is Marco, by the way. Just Marco's a great dude. I just so, Mr. T. So, uh, John, I'm, I'm not fortunate enough to tailgate. Um, yeah, because you're a maniac. You're over there. You're, <laughs> bird, let's call it like it is. I show up at the Michigan State game. It's co- it's Dolphin and Derek, and they're standing there four hours before Cane Walk, and they ain't moving because they've listen, got prime real estate. Listen, he is. <laughs> I have never seen somebody be more defensive than than Derek Coe is about his spot for Cane Walk. Like, and it's funny. Like, listen, listen. Like his attitude towards it. Like, look, he he loves the players' families, and they all love him and everything. <laughs> but like. His attitude with it's kind of like, well, hey, you're here four years. Like I've been here for twenty, so this is this is my spot, right? <laughs> I walk by, I walk by, and I and I actually got my tickets for Michigan State through Co. You know, he hooked me up. He's a dude. I'm not going to kick you over the head. Your family, I got you a good price. We got tickets. 
My yeah. wife's never been to Miami. She wants to go tailgate. I've talked about X's tailgate and strippers and DJs and all the stuff that I'm interested in when I go to South Florida. <laughs> I get there. Third, it's a noon kick. I make my poor wife get there at like 930, which she has no interest in being in that South Florida sun. Yeah. And I come walking up and Derek comes and gives me a hug. And Cole was like, you're going to come over? Can't- We're right here. Oh, it's 930. <laughs> <laughs> Your poor wife is standing there dressed way too nicely. Bro, <laughs> you can tell she's got that look like, please, somebody let me go to a car or an RV Bro. or something where there's some damn air conditioning. It's it's next level too, man, because we even got with the parents on like where the life 360 is on where the where the buses are. Like, or you know, like, oh, okay, I need to I need to move over here because uh because you know the they got you know they got the life 360 on their kid and they're seeing them pulling over right now. So listen, crazy. listen. <laughs> Hey, we all do our thing. You don't have to defend yourself, but it is definitely next level. So, but here's my thing, right? So, so I don't drink, right? So, and where I sit, I, I get free food. Well, not free because it comes with my seats, so it's not right. really free. But like, yeah, I roll up, you know, and like since 2013 or whatever it was when they first started doing cane walk, like man, like it was. You talking about interaction with with the players? It was it was. You know, and I go back to the OB days where I was able to get into, you know, into the tunnel because the security guard used to let me walk in there. Like, that's something I've just been doing for years. And then when I get there, and and you're right. Like, so Maria, someone had asked her a question one day. They're like, how come you don't, like, not maybe sarcastically, like, well, how come you don't wear orange and green? Because I don't have to. She's like, Derek wears enough for us anyway, right? But yeah, Maria's, listen, she's a woman. She's going to wear what she wants to wear. She's going to go. She's going to enjoy herself. But she is a trooper through and through. She'll stand out there the whole time with me for cane walk, you know? And it's, man, like, God bless her. Like, you know, that's something I like to do. So I don't go to tailgate. Like, I go, I, I, you know, an hour hour before the buses arrive, I'm already lined up with my spot. Hour? Well, man. Maybe an hour and a half sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, as soon as the gates open, like, bro, I go into the stadium. I want to watch pregame. I right. want to walk in there. I want to grab my drinks. I want to grab my food. I want to go down there on the field and then, you know, see the boys come out. You know, obviously I just saw them go in, but I want to go watch, you know, warm-ups. And, you know, that's it's just something I, I, I enjoy. Everybody has their niche on what they like to do on game day. My yeah, game I'm, day is get in, go watch, and, and be ready to rock and roll, you know? I, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm a huge fan, obviously. My fandom isn't at your level. Like, when I get to the game, I want to get there and enjoy, you know, enjoy. A, I don't live down there, so it's, it'd probably be a little different if I lived there. Yeah. When I go home, it's, holy crap, I'm home, and I'm trying to soak in everybody. And, you know, Gabby said something earlier. He was like, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not either. Yes, people know me, and my beautiful wife, Urania, was blown away. As we're walking through a tailgate 700 miles away from where I live, and everybody's going, John! Oh, dude, we love you. And I'm like, why do you know me? Like, I'm just a dude, man. I'm just I'm just no. a Miami fan like you guys are. But yeah. my time is I want to eat. I want to drink. Maybe take an edible. And get in there about 30 minutes before kickoff. And be just buzzed enough where my anger doesn't kick in until about the third or fourth quarter. Third, what's your pregame ritual? You know, I mean, honestly, man, I mean, like, I'm, I I love tailgating, right? But, I mean, I also, like, now that I've, like, gone through this cane walk experience, man, I mean, I'm, 
I'm, I'm, listen, I'm there every time, man, because it's just like we get fired up and the second it finishes, you got probably 20 minutes, 30 minutes before the gates open, right? And then you know, I like to get in there and I like to watch the guys warm up and, you know, throw high fives and, you know, right. and, and yell craziness and stuff and, you know, um, yeah, just get ready for the game, man. But, you know, I used to, I used to kind of party before the game, but, you know, it, it, it like it makes it hard to remember a lot of the stuff and you know now we do the show and you know we got to pull all this back and i know we get home and we watch it you know because it's been recorded and we watch it again from the the tv view and everything but you know there's just so much that happens and so much you know that uh that you need to pay attention to man that i just i, I don't i don't party before the game anymore man. i was like but for the last 20 years you've almost wanted to forget what happened during That's the game. True. i'm gonna tell you the alabama game i was so glad we've got the georgia hemp company legal CBD, and I use air quotes when I say that. Thank God they were at our tailgate. Uh, my radio station had a big tailgate they're big partners with. Because by midway through the second quarter, I didn't know what the hell was going on anyway. I just thought <laughs> we were going to ass kick. And I wanted to be numb to that fact. I used to, true story, I never would drink before a game. Never, ever, ever, ever. And then we started getting bad, and I realized being buzzed was probably the best way. This year, I'm going <laughs> to tone down some of the intake. Like, well, I'm coming down for Bethune. I'm not going to get completely jacked. I'll have a few. Don't get me wrong, because it's the Mario era. But I'm going to kill Yeah. No, no, I'm not doing that. I'm a man. I'm a man. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen. So, hold on. The Seltzers, right? I resisted those things, and I was like, oh, that's so, you know, it's whatever, right? And I finally had one. It was like a really hot summer day. And I was just like, this is the most refreshing thing, like, like I like I think they're delicious, and I and I hate that I like them because it's so like hipster, but they're delicious, and I you know like I love them. I think they're awesome. I'm glad I don't drink because I wouldn't have to use the words like hipster and you know, yeah. things like no, that. Listen, listen. So, so last this is year, so hipster. Last year, Co did a go. He did a thing for his birthday, and I had all what did all I do? guys. Listen, we, we had the thing, and you know Maria put that whole party together for you. Oh, my house. Awesome. And, yeah, they were cooking. Oh. You know, we're cooking the pizzas like custom there at the table and everything. And but um, you know, so of course the La Familia boys like Q and D Rock and all of them are there. And uh, you know, I mean those those boys love to party, right? So they, you know, they got the uh, they got the tequila out there, and Coach took like three shots of tequila oh. over the course of the night, right? right. Well, I did too. I'm like, okay, I'm chilling, right? So I talked to this man the next morning, and I mean, it was like he's like, oh, what's up, man? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, realize he had three shots. I'm like. And I said, hey, man, are you hungover? And he's like, yeah, man, I think so. He's like, oh, I couldn't get out of bed this morning. I'm like, dude, you had three shots. Like, how are you hungover? Like, really? Is this when you that hard? Drink, but when you don't so, – so funny story is – so and I'll tell the story to the day I die. We went to this little, like, bar and grill across the street from our house. Literally, it's probably 300 feet from our house. Mm -hmm. We go there. I had two Coronas. Bro. I didn't even know how I got home. I was, <laughs> John, I was, Ooh. I was lit, right? I don't know how I got home off of two Coronas. I was, <laughs> you can ask my wife. I have no idea. And all I remember is, you know, like a month later, she goes, well, like six weeks later, she goes, I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, <laughs> never drink it again. Oh, oh <laughs> no, taking no. advantage of man. During the show, this is a 32 ounce cup. I had this much vodka in here and about this much sugar free Red Bull. I don't feel a thing. Like I'm chilling. <laughs> I gotta wake up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm good. So, so the next time, there's only two times I've ever I've ever drank with him, right? 
So the second time was when we were in Atlanta, right? We saw, you know, we saw you at the uh, at the at the party at the at the Legends party. Oh, Hammered. That's oh, yeah. 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 You were feeling you were feeling good, but it was still, you know, it was still really COVID, and we like got freaked out by the fact that everybody was like literally that on top of each other. And it, oh, bro, it was elbow to elbow in there. So we went and we went to uh, what steakhouse did we end up going to? We went to uh, New York Prime. Oh, New York yeah. Prime. New York Prime and Buckhead, like. Oh, fantastic, obviously. And I'm not telling you nothing you don't know there. But we're sitting there and all of a sudden, um, you know, the server comes over and he's like, oh, the gentleman at the other table would like to buy you a bottle. And he comes over with a bottle of Dom for us. And we're oh, like, goodness. and listen, we're we're in New York Prime. Like, I mean, you saw what we were wearing. Like, we're wearing Kane's jerseys and right. stuff. Like, you know, we're kind of like sweaty. Like, we look like we just came from Except a game. Except for Maria. Maria's oh, Of course, yeah, Maria's always up. dressed. She's always dressed <laughs> to the nines, right? the guy like sends us a bottle of dom perignon and we're like holy cow man so you know thank you and he comes over and you know ends up being like a long story that he's a supporter and this and that and everything um you know very fluent like man but just just the kindest you know salt of the earth human being like comes over and just said hey just i know you guys are a fan i just wanted to send you this as a as a go canes for for tomorrow and you know i hope we take down alabama so yeah i mean it was it was the coolest thing but you know when that bottle's here like I, i looked over at him i said listen man i said this happens and you, you get a, you know, somebody buys you a bottle of Dom. Like, I don't care if you don't drink, bro. Right. You're drinking. You, you're going to drink that bottle with us. So he had a couple glasses and, you know, he's feeling all right. I think after, but those were the only time, two times I've ever seen this man consume alcohol. That was the drunkest that night was the drunkest I had been in probably three years. I don't <laughs> drink. This is casual. This is a, a nightcap. Yeah. If I decided, and I may have a fireball shot when I go upstairs and <laughs> cuddle up with the wife and the dog, or the dog and the wife, whichever one lays closest. <laughs> that night, because you know COVID had gone on, and I don't get to see Miami people very often. And again, that was the day I was blown away. Our good buddy Brad Tejeda was here. He stayed at my house, um, so he rode with me down there. My wife has never really seen me since I've been doing podcasts and stuff and writing for Miami around. And she was again, blown away. And I was blown away. I walked in there and everybody's like, dude, we listen every day. I'm like, really? I got to do the podcast. I, I get like a thousand downloads. I guess all thousand of you were here. And every time I turned around, somebody was handing me a drink and it got to the point. I didn't know who was handing me drinks. Um, and I was just drinking whatever was being handed to me. We ended up owning we left with a couple of friends, or a couple of people we met that day and ended up at the strip club, um, which was good and bad. We got in there. I ordered. <laughs> I was starving because there was no food at the All Canes bar. There was, if there was food, you never got it at the All Canes party. So we we're like, I got to eat. So I ordered food at the strip club. It's always great. Sit there with somebody ass naked and on top of you. I get two <laughs> wings in, and my wife goes, "I'm ready to go." It was her idea to go to the strip club. I was so hammered. I was like. I'm not going to argue with you anymore. You get you get back to the hotel. Although you were living in Atlanta, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, you 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 get back home and you're just grabbing anything out of the fridge, man. But for me, if I'm on the road, man, like you go back to the the hotel and you're just grabbing whatever out of the out of the you know area at the front, like you know, here the Salisbury steak, you know, Swanson meal. Let me take this go in the microwave in the room, right? That's awesome. Uh, Hey, let me let me grab this nine dollar Kit Kat out of the lobby. (laughs) Eat that in a bag of nachos. $4 Four dollar right. Pepsi, Pass, right? right? Listen, that's the best four dollar Pepsi. At least, at least I didn't drop my Pepsi like someone dropped a beer at the All Kids party. Bird. Dude, you're not even gonna let me. That just it just slipped out of my hand, man. It happens. Dude, you were the greatest distraction. Like you and my wife ended up being best friends and didn't even know it. She just yeah, no, she's awesome. 
Because listen, man, I was I was kind of and I'm like I've never been like a crazy like person with COVID, but there was just so many people in there that were so on top of each other, and I'm like, right. I've been traveling and this and that, but like we, her and I just stood back to back on the uh, or with our backs to the DJ booth, and we're just chatting it up. And she's like, oh, I'm just chilling, you know. Of course, you know, we're like all these legends are jumping back and forth and everything, and we're kind of like in the in the area, you know, with with Mel Bratton and uh, and Lamar Thomas and everybody, but yeah, she's a, she's just a super sweet woman, man, and. Yeah, one thing I think that well, the three of us definitely have in common is we all uh, we all definitely outkicked our coverage oh, with our no wives, man. Doubt. We are we are definitely blessed when it well, comes to that. You don't man. think my wife appreciates all this? No, no I don't think <laughs> not a, not a bit. <laughs> I walked downstairs today. I'm you know 20 pounds overweight, and I just come from the gym. I've no uh, no shirt on. She was like, "Can you come down here and help me with whatever?" She was cooking dinner, and she goes, "You look so good." I said, no, I don't. You don't have to lie to me. I know I'm a fat man. <laughs> don't lie to me. We're married. You don't have to butter me up anymore. Oh, I still have know, no idea what she married me for, but I'm fine with it. You know, I feel the same way. I mean, obviously, I feel like I lucked out. Um, you know, I feel like Maria is my soulmate. Um, she puts up with a lot with me, especially between, you know, late August and through December, because it's Oof. literally, you know, it's go time, right? And so I've been trying to do more things. We have a few trips planned. You know, um, so I, I try to I try to help her out and do as much as I can. But she's a rock that holds everything together, man. You know, like when the kids are sick, she handles all that. You know, when when we need something, she goes and handles that. And, you know, and I, and I think, you know, we need to show our wives a little bit more gratitude and a little bit more appreciation. I'm not saying that we don't, but I think, you know, sometimes we take them for granted. Would you guys agree with that statement? Oh, yeah. It <laughs> is. It's funny because we asked Gabby about, you know, what work does and. Mine will always look at me and I'm like, you're on your phone constantly. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, sports doesn't stop. Like people go, oh, you only work four hours a day. Physically in an office, yes, I only work four hours a day, but I'm on my phone. Like during our show, you can probably see me look. I'm texting my show here, yeah. coming up with ideas for tomorrow because the Hawks are doing stuff. The Heat are doing stuff. We're talking right. about college football. Like it's constantly a grind coming down here and doing this you know i come downstairs we we spend an hour and a half two hours chopping it up talking about canes football so yeah you got to have a trooper by your side and she realized pretty early on that saturdays in the fall don't mess Le- leave me alone <laughs> those are my days we win hell go buy whatever you want let's go to the Facts. store I'm we lose um, i just want to go curl up somewhere and cry well, what mine is, what is what road game are we going and, and how much do I got to spend to get you a new bag so you can go to the game with me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to come to Bethune by myself because I'm like, yeah, I need a guy's weekend. I need a weekend. Maybe we all go play golf. I don't know if you guys are golfers or, you know, whatever. Hang Shoot. out with me. I can hit something. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a terrible golfer. but I'll go. Because <laughs> yeah, I'll go and drink is what I'm – my point is like Friday I want to come down and go hang out somewhere and Saturday go to the game and fly – and she was like, yeah, we're going to Miami. I'm like, and then my uh, daughter's a senior. And she goes, I want to take a trip and, and see the campus. I said, not this trip. Let's like, let, let. and then I play, I had to play the, look how expensive the trips are on Delta. It's just, <laughs> you it's play like, a guilt trip. <laughs> we'll fly spirit. Really? I don't want to fly spirit. I want to. Bro, at that point, you might as well just drive. Leave Thursday no, no, night. No, 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 you know, no, no, leave no. Thursday morning. Listen, I can make it in 10 hours, man. Just no, no, no. Hop, see, here's what I learned. Dip. Cole, here's what I learned this weekend. We drove, my mom lives in Savannah, which is about three and a half hours from house to house. Atlanta traffic took me two and a half hours on Friday at noon to get out of Atlanta. I'm not, and by the, it took us almost six hours to get to Savannah, four hours to drive home. 
I can't last in the car more than four hours. Four hours, I'm sorry. There's no more driving. I will get on Spirit with a book bag and roll my clothes up like we're going to spring break. <laughs> Spend my $109 and get my ass down there. Well, oh, listen. Listen. Unfortunately, we have to cut this episode short. Because it's been an, almost two hours here. And uh, we're we'll the time. It's been a good one, though. Like, appreciate Gabby one. coming on. Appreciate everybody coming in. Listen, man. The FSU game, you know, that's probably a good weekend that we can hit the golf course or whatever, man. We'll make something happen, John. Oh, no, there's got to be a party that weekend. Well, we'll work it out. So, listen, we'll (laughs) chop it off off air real quick. Thank you guys for listening to Ken Gang Radio Show. For John Michaels and for Dirty Bird, this is your boy, Kane Fanco. We out of here. Peace. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.